Hey there, Amanda Smith here, and welcome inside this week's edition of How She Did It. As always, I'm so happy to have you here with me. Make sure you subscribe. That way you're never missing an episode. So you can see today's guest as a studio host for the Lakers on Spectrum Sportsnet, but today she's on How She Did It. Here is Ellie Clifton. Take a listen. Hey there, Amanda Smith here with Allie Clifton. I'm so happy that we were able to connect. So thank you for joining me on the show today. Thank you for having me. Let's not tell anyone that you reached out uh, many moons ago. And I was that um, that individual that just kind of has no clue what goes on in social media. So I, I apologize, and I'm so glad that this actually works. <laughs> That's what happens when you slide into people's DMs. It goes to that <laughs> magical place. <laughs> That everyone avoids looking. <laughs> exactly, and that's what happens when you like literally act like a DM is like the biggest um, contagious. Like you know, when you're a kid, and it's like, ooh, don't touch him, he has cooties. Like that's how I I view exactly. DMs and such with social media. So, but anyway, figured it out. <laughs> but anyways, it worked out. And for all of you that don't know, Allie is from Ohio. I'm from Illinois. Not only have we bonded over our Midwestern roots, but you went to Toledo. I went to Ball State, so I'm over here throwing up the hashtag Maction sign. <laughs> oh, wait a second. Why did we not ever talk about that? I don't know. Did you, you didn't tell me that, right? I don't believe I didn't. so. No. So you went to Ball State? Oh, my yeah. gosh. What a small world. Mac, Mac family. <laughs> yes. I love the Mac. I'm all about the Mac, and I will forever all be about the Mac. Um, that is so funny. What a small world. Right? I know. Yeah. So, and you have been to Worthen a couple times because you played basketball at Toledo. Yeah. But when your athletic career was sort of over, what was the motivation for you in wanting to pursue a career in sports media then? You know, one of my, um, my journey often tells one of my biggest pieces of advice um, to those that actually reach out uh, and inquire, you know, about my journey and kind of how I've got to where I am. And, um, it's funny because what inspired me to be where I am now is I was an education major. Uh, my dad was a high school principal of uh, many years, and I kind of went through the school system uh, while he was there. I have an aunt and, and some cousins that are in the education system. And so when I went to Toledo, um, obviously uh, was there to play basketball, but knew and um, understood that I was a student athlete first, a student first. And so I declared my major right away. And I went to education, and I thought that I was just supposed to kind of follow in their footsteps. And um, by my final semester, um, about three, four days before that final semester started, um, I decided it's not what I wanted to do. And um, so I changed my major. I thought to myself, you know, my my collegiate playing career physically was about to be over, um, and there was something that was still inside of me burning in terms of just like being fulfilled with sports and competition. And so um, earlier that summer, before my senior year, I was walking on the beach in Hilton Head, and I came across a, a woman from my hometown who was a sideline reporter for the Atlanta Thrashers at the time. And I remember having a conversation, then fast forward, uh, to those few days before my final semester, with her just about, um, you know, the field and what it was like and um, how much she loved it and stuff. And I thought, you know, let's just go into broadcasting. And, and so I, I kind of took that chance. I changed my major. 
um, with the Individualized Study Program, ended up going and, and doing an internship in Atlanta uh, with the Hawks on the community relations side of things. Um, but when I was down there, um, I did get to shadow for one game Bob Raskin and Lashana Robinson for the Atlanta Dream. And um, then returned to Toledo, got my master's, and just dove right into the field. So um, my, to bring this full circle, one of my biggest pieces of advice to people, advice to people is um, no path is the same. And no path has to be um, a straight line and it has to be all about the profession and all about the business. It's what you make it, and it's what you um, allow yourself to kind of step outside um, and chase. And um, so here I am, you know, doing something that I, I didn't necessarily go to school for. Um, but while I was in school, I was an athlete. I have been all my life, of course. And that competitive challenge edge um, aspect of my life is what keeps me um, inspired and um, keeps me hustling in this business um, because it's around sports. It's around what I love. And um, I get to do it and call it work every single day. You know, you've worked on the sidelines. You've worked as an analyst, a host. Why do you continue to take on and try new roles within the industry? Um, you know, <laughs> I related a lot to myself as a player. And when I um, started playing basketball, um, I was shorter. I was shorter. Now I'm 5'11", but at the time, um, I didn't hit my growth spurt until my junior high school. And so I was a point guard. Um, and then I kind of just gradually grew and grew, and then I had to work on a different skill set. And what I learned by the time I got to college was at the max level, um, I wasn't tall enough to be a player, if you would say, inside the front court, but I wouldn't shoot the basketball from the three as well to just be a part of backcourt. So here I was taking the weight room very serious, and I was a bigger guard that would post up smaller guards. So I would play both kind of areas um, on the court, and so it taught me that I need to be versatile, and I think it's just something that I continue to um, see for myself and, and relate and be so comfortable with now outside the line, is I want to be an individual that when you turn on the television, you say to yourself, what is Allie Clifton doing today? Is she hosting? Is she calling a game? Is she on the sidelines giving you the stories, the ins and outs? these players and these franchises that you would have never guessed or heard of. Um, that versatility is something that's important to me. Uh, it means a lot to me, and, and so it's something that I've taken a lot of pride in in terms of developing for my career. You know, as you talk about the things that you've maybe learned from sports, what are some of the lessons that you think you've now taken, you know, from, like, being a part of a team that you've now been able to take into your working life or, or just in your life in general? Oh, well, the team is everything. Um, I, I think it's it's one of the things that I love so much. Um, my parents, I have an older sister and a younger brother, and it was one of the biggest uh, cornerstones to what they taught us at a very young age. Uh, my dad played college football, my mom played college hoops, and so we all started uh, at very young ages um, playing sports. But the one thing that was always preached in our household was the concept of team and, and understanding that you don't get to where you want to be without those that surround you and that you surround yourself with. And, and so, especially in this profession, when there are times when you can feel so alone and, and on an island and, and trying to figure things out on your own, um, having the ability or the understanding of surrounding yourself um, with others in this profession um, it is key. It's vital. Um, 
I think that naturally when I was with Cleveland and Foxworth, Ohio, and then now with Spectrum and the Lakers, you're kind of built into that team aspect because you're covering one team. Um, but as I continue to step outside of my comfort zone and for my own growth and self kind of develop and continue to get better in the profession, there are others even outside of these, these teams, the Lakers and the Cavs, um, others in this business, like yourself, um, other colleagues, other reporters, other analysts around the league that um, you can surround yourself with and, and appreciate and, and make your team. Um, because, again, like there are moments when you can feel so alone, but whether it's within the game, whether it's outside the game, whether it's on the travel days, um, it's the off days, um, knowing and understanding that you have that support system and, and that, uh, so to speak, team around you, um, it can only make you better as an individual and as a professional um, and, and whatever it is that you hope to leave for those that come up behind you. Um, so I think that above anything, honestly, um, is the best thing that you can understand and know, um, whether it's in sports or any, any concept of life. Um, it's surrounding yourself with a team of people um, in a support system that can only carry you as far as you want to go. You mentioned your time in Cleveland. You spent six seasons there with the Cavs. How did you decide it was time for you to sort of move on and start this new chapter now with the Lakers? Um, you know, this was, it was a really hard um, transition and, and, and time for me. Uh, do I feel like I've obviously made the right decision 1,000 percent? Uh, but I'm an Ohio girl, as you mentioned at the very start of this, born and raised, and my family is there. And so that aspect of me is so strong to my core that when you're trying to put together your personal life and your professional life, these kind of decisions can be tough. But there was an aspect for my professional growth that I was yearning for, that I was longing for, that I was searching for in terms of a total package fulfillment, if you will, um, and so when the opportunity to kind of expand and, and be more versatile, that's when I knew I needed to make that next step. You know, my, my, um, my team in Ohio and, and the team that we built there with Foxworth Ohio and the Cavs, it, it's, it's, it was a team that meant so much to me and will for all ever mean so much to me. Um, but they also helped in, in shaped me into who I was at the end of those six years that allowed me to go on and continue to grow in this, this field and this profession. Um, and so there was just a lot of different things that kind of aligned, um, and as tough as it was at the time, um, that just kind of told me, you know, you're ready to make this step. You're ready to take the next step and, and expand the toolbox, if you will, um, and, and take that next step. So, um, I guess it was just kind of a feel, and you only know it until, you, you know, like when you're in it, I guess. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, you just have to kind of go through it. But um, there were just a few things there that just kind of aligned all at once, and, and I knew that I needed to, to make that step. I love that. And this is a good lead-in to our little game that we're going to play. So coming up on the other side, guys, Allie and I are playing a game, and now I know that you have to stick around to see what it is. Welcome back inside How She Did It. Still here with Allie Clifton. She hasn't left yet. And so we're going to play a little game. Now, I was on your Instagram, and oh, not that I was, like, stalking you or anything. Don't hang <laughs> up. <laughs> Please don't hang up. But I saw that you're a big quote gal like myself. So I have taken a few quotes that you've posted on your Instagram, and I'm going to read them oh, to you. 
And then you can tell me what comes to mind in your own life when you hear that. Oh, gosh, okay. <laughs> okay. No, don't hang up. Okay. <laughs> I won't. I got you. <laughs> so, I love this one. Uh, in any given moment, we have two options to step forward into growth or to step back into safety. So when is the time you feel that you've maybe pushed yourself outside of your comfort zone? Um, there is a, uh, <laughs> there's a really fun, chill, easy answer to this. And uh, it was when I first learned about why you should approach the uncomfortable. Um, and that was in college, my sophomore year. It's when I actually adopted the phrase finding comfort in the uncomfortable because of a strength coach of mine, Dave Hauser. Um, I could not do chin-ups for the life of me. And he would preach in the weight room every morning about stepping outside of your comfort zone and finding that bit of uncomfortability. It's a really hard word for me. Um, because when, when you find that, it's when you allow yourself to grow. And so it was my goal by the end of my career to be able to do chin-ups. Okay. Easy, fun. No big deal. I ended up doing it by the end of my career. Still hate chin-ups to this day. But fast forward, um, I actually think I posted, is this a quote from my page, right? It is a quote from your page. Okay. I posted it when, um, on the flip side of this interview, that last question you just asked me, when I was approaching making that decision from leaving Ohio to come to Los Angeles and taking that step in my career. And though I'm a cool person and I often post quotes, not every single quote do I feel like applies necessarily to me in my life. Um, sometimes I do it for friends. Sometimes I do it just because I love it. Um, but this one did. And, and it was a reminder in the moment um, that though it can be scary, though it can be challenging, tough, uneasy, um, that is the space I live for. And, um, again, like I said, leaving family and leaving a place that was so good to me and raised me with, um, you know, my journey in Cleveland, but also just the childhood and growing up in Ohio and, and a place that I became so comfortable with, um, it was that reminder for me that, Allie, you're doing the right thing, and, and this time shall pass of being uneasy and uncomfortable, um, and it's only going to prepare you for that next bit of feeling discomfort or a place that's uneasy for you. So take it and go in that direction and follow those footsteps uh, and know that something great will be on the other side. And here we are. And it's, it's great, and I can't, can't imagine it any other way. So that's kind I'm of upset. where I'm at with that quote. <laughs> I'm upset. And I've, yeah, never, been a, I've not like never been able to do a chin-up, just so you know, like ever. Oh, oh my gosh, girl. Well, I've learned that for those others that are trying assisted chin-ups, using the bands, they really help. They do. Okay. So, yeah. But, I'm going to yeah, think about that. Shut up, Doc. Okay, next one. I'm obsessed with this one. Uh, surround yourself with the dreamers and the doers, the believers and the thinkers, but most of all, surround yourself with those who see greatness within you, even when you don't see it yourself. So who are some people that have been those voices for you in your life? Um... My dad, personally, um, has been one that's always uh, seen things within myself, um, seen talent, seen expectation, uh, potential, whether as an athlete or just a, a human being, as a young girl um, growing up into being the woman that I am. Um, my family, I mean, I could go on and on. I get, I get constant notes from cousins and my sisters and my brothers and 
um, of course, my mom as well. Um, so from that angle, my family is very strong um, for me um, in that aspect. I think in the profession, again, there are so many different individuals. Um, there, there's, you know, I'm, I'm sure you get this a lot, and I know you've talked to her, but Doris has been in my corner um, since I started. Rose Burke, um, she's been a, a voice of reason, uh, a voice of just intelligence and, and guidance, um, both within the game, within the profession, and, and kind of like the, the business side of this, um, this field. Um, and then, you know, there's one aspect of, you know, when I was a sideline reporter specifically that I really appreciated, and, and it's, it's still there, even though I'm more so in the studio, but the, the sideline sisters, the courtside club that we called ourselves, um, from all the regional, the teams, the, the NBA teams that we would travel to throughout the season, um, just the little notes and the, the small conversations that would be had before and after games, um, they've been huge and they've meant a lot to me. So um, all of those individuals, they know exactly who they are. Um, there are times when we cannot catch up. There are times when days go by and you don't talk, you don't hear from, you know, someone or so-and-so or I don't get the time to reach out. Um, but you know they're there and you know that they're only a call away. Um, and those individuals in this profession you cannot say enough about. That time and that relationship and friendship um, goes far beyond what we do um, as, as broadcasters. Um, and so I just think from that aspect, I've kind of got it covered, and I'm very, very fortunate, you know, um, just to have that kind of support, as I talked about at the very beginning, the, the team of people that allow you to continue to get through the hard times, but to stay even keel in, in the best of times, too. Okay, last one. There is nothing more beautiful than when you prove to yourself just how strong you are. I like to usually ask people this question on the show. So what is something you are proud of yourself for? Staying grounded. Staying grounded um, and true to who I am. It's actually something that is harder than people may think. Um, but as you know, being born and raised in the Midwest and having those, those Midwest roots, um, life can be really simple. And there are times um, when nowadays it's, it doesn't always feel that way, um, whether it's because of social media, um, whether it's because of the challenges that present um, within this competitive business, it's kind of crazy, you know, like I'm covering um, sports, which are so competitive, yet within the position for which I hold, like it's still so competitive. And it's, again, a large reason as to why I'm here, because I love that adrenaline and I love that chase, but it's also, it's hard. It's really hard. And um, I think that when you find... um, when you find that place of just being able to come back, you know, to who you are and what raised you again and kind of what puts you in the position to be where I am today, it's, it's what keeps you alive. Um, it's why I, I say all the time, my hometown is 10,000 people. It is small um, and it is a dot on the map, but it is everything and more um, in my life. And it is 
a place that I'm so proud of, and, and it is truly giving me so much perspective um, so many thousands of miles away um, in every single facet. And, and I think being able to be grounded and remain true to who I am uh, is, is huge for me. I love that, and I relate to that a lot. You know, I feel like it's easy to get caught up in, like, the social media or the go, go, go and the, the day to day. But it's like when you, when you take yourself outside of that, like the world is just like, as cheesy as it sounds, it's so much bigger than just this. So it's like, you just have to remember, you know, I don't know. I always come back to like, what is my purpose? Like, who, yeah. who am I? You know? And it's like in those mm-hmm. moments that, that keep you how you're talking about grounded. Yeah. It's hard. This is not easy. Um, I don't think people really fully understand. You know, they think that we just get to talk to professional athletes and we get to go to games and have the best seat in the house. Yes, we do. Um, But to be successful and and to really make um, a life of it, it, it's hard. And you got to work at it. And if you're not willing to do that, you will not survive. And I'm not in this profession to be famous. I've always said this. I just want to be successful. And there's so many ways of measuring success but if you don't have the root of it all and you don't know who you are at the base of it all, you will get swallowed up. And I wish that for no one because I, uh, this profession is too fun and it is too great. Um, and, and you cannot let and allow those things to, to pass you by. Um, so, yeah, being grounded and just remaining who I am has been one of my biggest uh, godsends and calling cards for sure. I love that. Okay, guys, coming up on the other side, Allie's just answering a couple of your questions. Y'all want to know who I picked for this week? Uh, you better stick around. Welcome back inside how she did it. Here's Allie Clifton, and she is going to answer a few of your questions. So uh, this, I always like questions like this. So Dezel X just wants to know what's your favorite food. I'm very curious about food? that, too. Yeah, your favorite food. <laughs> um, sushi. <laughs> Oh, sushi I could eat nice. it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, speaking of my hometown as much as I do, um, it's not something that I could get there. And so it is the <laughs> one aspect <laughs> that I've really grown to love. Um, and I, like I said, it's, I have a bottomless, endless stomach when it comes to sushi. It's my favorite. That is so fun. And I feel like that was like a surprising answer. I don't know. I feel like I usually hear sushi from people. Uh, oh, my gosh. I mean, seriously, I crave it nonstop. I crave it. I eat it all. I have, again, a bottomless stomach. It's disgusting. But I have zero regrets when I'm done. (laughs) No regrets. No regrets ever. I know a good sushi place when you're back here. uh, I have to seek you. Oh, please. I'm down. Okay. Yay. (laughs) Y'all see how I just made Ellie hang out with me? Okay. So you bribe them with food. Bribe people with food. Okay. So next is uh, from... Court Boo, I feel like we were kind of talking about this earlier. Maybe you can expand on it. But she just says, how difficult was the transition from sideline to pre-post-game crew? Um, the actual job itself, very hard. It's very challenging um, because it's just such a different role and such a different leadership style. Um, both, both times you are a part of a team. Again, like I always remind myself um, of that, no matter what the role is. Um, but from sideline, you have very short time, very few seconds um, to get your thought across, and it has to be very articulate, and, and um, you have to make sure that you are adding to your team and adding to what the broadcast 
is already presenting. Um, I think also when you're dealing with those sideline questions for players, whether it's at halftime, whether it's a pre-tip hit or a walk-off interview, um, posting locker room, um, one thing I really pride myself on is having a feel for the moment and an understanding for the situation. And a lot of that comes from having played the game, of course. Um, and so you've got kind of that drive and, and that aspect going on. And then when you move to the studio, you feel so removed from the game and the atmosphere, of course, um, because you're not there. But you're also in a leadership role. So though you're a part of the team, you're guiding and, and you're kind of um, what I like to call the captain that kind of steers the ship. And so um, it's, not, it's not about you in really any situation, um, but at the end of the day, you have to be able to set up your analyst um, to, to kind of deliver um, the notes and the, the information that, that viewers need to hear. So it is completely different. At the end of the day, you're talking sports, and, and it's television, and it's, it's live uh, more times than not, uh, but there's definitely a difference, and there's a challenge. But, again, that's one I live for. Okay, last question. It's from PJ Weiss, and they would like to know the biggest obstacle you had to overcome to get into the sports industry. <sighs> biggest obstacles. Um, this is always, honestly, this is always a tough one um, for me, and and I'll just tell you. Um, it, it's from a standpoint of you know during getting my master's, I did a thesis on the struggle for women sportscasters and their struggle for equality. And it was a 50-page thesis that I did. Um, and, and I sat down with Robin Roberts and Christine Brenneman and Stephanie White and with China Robinson. And the list goes on for the women um, that were so gracious and wonderful and giving me their time and, and their, their kind of intelligence with this field. Um, but it's because of them that truly... I don't find there to be obstacles. Um, I I am fortunate to be, I this is how I look at it, I'm very fortunate to be in the position that I'm in. Um, I, I feel that is dominated by, by males, um, by the men, but it's because of, again, women, um, like the ones I've mentioned and so many others, that have allowed this space for me to be in um, so much more clear and, and enjoyable. Um, and so with that, I, I obviously continue to extend my gratitude and my thanks. Um, but I, I, I truly don't. I don't look at it as an obstacle. Um, the only thing that I really would say if I had to, to, to kind of answer it as best as I can is um, social media might be the biggest obstacle that I deal with. Um, I go back and forth with wanting to say and reply to things that I shouldn't. Um, I go back and forth with having my blinders on to things that are negative, um, but at the same time, there's so much positive. Um, there's so many ways to be connected, and there's so many good things that come from social media, but it, it can be a challenge, and it can be an obstacle, um, no matter how you try to portray yourself or what you try to um, get across in terms of just being authentic and real. Um, it can be a challenge. So. Again, I, I, I just look at this as an opportunity every single day on the sports broadcasting business um, to, to do what I love, to love what I do, um, and along the way make so many awesome relationships and friendships um, and, and continue to just kind of be driven and motivated to, to fulfill that aspect of my life that's competitive, um, that's hungry for success, 
um, that's just excited for, you know, what's to come, even though I don't always understand and know what that is. So, um, again, I, I don't see it as an obstacle. Um, yeah, there are some challenges in there, but I'm fortunate every single day. So I hope that kind of answered that question in the long form. Um, but it's really how I feel. Hey, and social media gave me a chance to slide into your DMs, which ultimately brought us here. We're Alex a guest on the show today. <laughs> exactly. And see, that's what I'm saying. There are so much, there is a lot of positive that comes. But there are those, those moments that really kind of, it kind of gets you where it counts, and it, it, it sucks. Um, but it's also a part of the business, and it's a part of everyone's lifestyle. So, um, you take it in stride. It makes you stronger. You talk about those who give you their time. Thank you for being wonderful, gracious, and giving me your time today. So much appreciate it. And, and I look forward to hopefully seeing and connecting with you again in the future. Of course. No doubt we will. You've got my number. You don't need to DM me anymore. Um, we'll connect when I come back your way. Please take me for sushi. Uh, but from one fellow Mac, Mac, Mac uh, alum, if you will, to another. Uh, I appreciate you, Amanda. Thanks for having me on your show. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening today. For Allie Swifton, I'm Amanda Smith. We'll catch you next time on How She Did It.